When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey there, welcome to The Tint. I'm your host, Scott Fellman, and it's time for another foray into the world of aquariums from a slightly different perspective. You know, a funny thing happens when terrestrial materials make contact with water. They start to recruit stuff on their surfaces. Scientists refer to this stuff as paraphyton. Now, paraphyton is a mix of algae, heterotrophic microbes, detritus, and cyanobacteria growth that's attached to submerged surfaces and aquatic ecosystems. In the hobby, we tend to give it the rather user-friendly moniker of biocover. Now, like it or not, it's found in nature and in the aquarium almost universally. It's not a reflection on your tank maintenance capabilities or an indication that your tank is somehow dirty. Rather, it's an important foundation for food resources, recycling and assimilation of nutrients, and the physical removal of detritus and other particulate matter. Of course, to many hobbyists, it's considered unsightly or sloppy. To the enlightened botanical-style aquarium enthusiast, that's you, biocover is a thing of beauty. It's an indicator that nature is doing what she's supposed to do to take advantage of the resources available to her within the ecosystem for the benefit of all the organisms which reside there. That's a good thing, right? Now... Some of the most compelling things in natural aquatic habitats and in the aquariums which we, you know, create to represent them are things like large branches, fallen trees, logs, and roots extending from the terrestrial habitat below the waterline. The result of a tree, branch, or root system which finds its way into the water is a physical, environmental, and water flow dynamic changing feature in the aquatic habitat. I love fallen trees and branches. I love roots. I love what they can do. I love what they can bring to an aquatic environment and an aquarium, and I love how they inspire us. I love the idea of doing an aquarium in which the primary feature is a big old piece of wood covered in biofilm, algae, and other life forms. Notice I didn't say aquatic moss. Why? Well, besides the fact that it's sort of an aquascaping contest cliche by now, I don't think it looks all that, you know, authentic. Although, I like the look of those features, and personally, I have yet to see a moss-covered log in the Amazon region or an Asian blackwater swamp, and we need to accept, not fight, some of what really happens in nature and readjust our aesthetic sensibilities to understand what is natural beauty. It's not all neat and orderly and crisp and green and brown and white. It's just not. I know we've been down this road millions of times, but, you know, nature's not exactly a neat and tidy, perfectly ordered place. Rather, it's often a world of chaos, randomness, detritus, biofilms, fungal growth, and (laughs) paraphyton. I think we have to sort of desensitize ourselves from that stigma of, you know, let's call it biocover, on our wood. Now, I know this idea undermines a century of aquarium-keeping, aquascaping dogma, which suggests that wood in the aquarium must be pristine and without anything going on it, outside of the aforementioned mosses in the last decade or so. As hobbyists, we often obsessively remove this stuff as fast as it appears, not only denying nature a chance to appear in her most raw and elegant state, we're also simultaneously removing a critical microhabitat which provides environmental stability. And that, of course, that's really sort of antithetical to what happens in nature, isn't it? When terrestrial materials fall in the water, opportunities arise for various life forms ranging from algae and fungi to bacteria or even sponges to colonize the available space, eking out a living as they compete for resources. 
In addition to helping to break down some of these you know, terrestrial materials, the life forms that inhabit submerged tree branches and such reproduce rapidly. They provide forage for insects and aquatic crustaceans, and which in turn are preyed on by fishes. Yeah, a food chain started by a piece of a tree that fell in the forest and was covered by water during a period of inundation. If you look at the way biocover, I'm going to call it biocover, we'll interchangeably use it, <laughs> biocover grows on these materials, it's obvious that it does so in a manner which helps it absorb light, dissolve oxygen, and nutrients from the water column. The largest, broadest surfaces are the most you know, heavily covered. These mats of periphyton, which many hobbyists would characterize as unsightly growth, are some of nature's most beautiful and elegant systems, optimized to exploit the dynamic environment in which they're situated. An enormous, huge abundance of life is present, and if, if we just take a few minutes to look for it and appreciate it. I think we can ease into appreciating the periphyton by setting up aquariums to provide optimum conditions for them to appear and multiply, and then leaving them undisturbed. In other words, a system with lots of different exposed wood surfaces, a network of roots, which is, to me, sort of an irresistible subject for a natural-looking and functioning aquascape, and really easy to execute, too. With all these interesting natural materials readily available to us, it's easier than ever to recreate these habitats in as detailed a version as you care to go. And the inspiration is literally everywhere in nature. All you need to do is open your eyes, and instead of you know mentally editing out all the unsightly growth, Embrace what it looks like and think about its function and the benefits that it brings. A good starting point on your road to appreciating the periphyton is to consider the very structure of aquatic habitats that we're inspired by and thinking about what forces and circumstances help create them. And of course, why fishes are attracted to them. Look at the way rocks, soil, and branches, roots, all that stuff comes together in nature to form these interesting physical spaces that the fishes utilize for protection, foraging, and ultimately reproduction. By replicating the complex look and physical attributes of these features, including rich substrate, roots of various thicknesses, and leaves, we offer our fishes all sorts of potential microhabitats. In the aquarium world, we tend to focus on the macro level, you know, creating this like nice wood stack and maybe incorporating some rock, but we seldom see the whole picture allowed to come together in a more natural way, that is, leaving it alone for a little bit. And that's what inspired me in most of my latest iterations of my home aquariums. The interactions between the terrestrial environment and the aquatic one is so compelling, allowing terrestrial leaves and roots and so forth to accumulate naturally among the tree root structures that I've created fosters this more natural functioning environment. I find that amazing. As the leaves and roots begin to soften and ultimately break down, they'll foster the microbial growth, biofilms, and fungal growth, all of which are part of that periphyton, and all of which provide supplemental foods for the resident fishes, just like what happens in nature. Facilitating these processes, allowing the materials to accumulate naturally and break down in situ is a key component of replicating and supporting these microhabitats in our aquariums. The typical aquarium hardscape, artistic and beautiful as it might be, generally replicates the most superficial aspects of such you know, environments and tends to overlook their function and the reasons why these habitats form. So I encourage you to look and study and go further. We can do this. Now, we see many aquariums which feature wooden leaves, of course, and I don't think you know we see a tremendous amount of smaller branches and roots and twig-sized pieces, not like we should. And I think that's something that we would definitely like to see more of in our aquariums in the future. I think that's something that's more natural, more interesting, and more useful for fishes to exploit. There's something remarkably realistic about the presence of these smaller materials in our aquarium. Our ability to utilize materials which in previous years would have been considered unacceptable or deemed problematic because, you know, they recruit this stuff in the first place, is 
already in place in our, in our world. You know, grab some damn twigs and toss them in your tank after you prep them. Don't be afraid of the inevitable appearance of that paraphyton. By mentally toughening up ourselves to accept the conditions and create the conditions for these materials to appear and thrive, we're setting the stage for ultra-realistic appearing and functioning aquariums, which will bring numerous benefits to our fishes that we haven't even probably realized yet. We simply need to open our minds. Boy, I sound like a broken record, don't I? But recreating functional and aesthetic aspects of this type of aquatic habitat is the very essence of what we attend and hope to help you accomplish. The complexity and the additional microhabitats we create by doing so are compelling, educational, and interesting. And applying what most aquascapers these days would call details to the overall aquascape, making them the focus, is an entirely different approach, especially when we look towards the functional aspects of every, over everything else. That's a tough change, but it's something we can all do. Our fishes and nature will show their appreciation in ways we likely haven't seen before or even considered. Just make the leap. Accept the way nature looks. Don't fight it. The look's going to follow. And so will your appreciation of this amazing advantage that you'll get by going undercover, letting this stuff accumulate. Stay open-minded. Stay aware. Stay engrossed. Stay creative. Stay humble. Stay engaged. And always stay wet. Until next time, this is Scott Bellman from Tannin Aquatics. Thanks for spending part of your day with me, and I look forward to seeing you on the next installment of The Tint.